0: Oh my goodness, Caitlin, How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for having me on. So excited. So, I'm looking at your screen right now and you're in a dorm. Are you in college?
1: I am. I am a freshman here at Carroll College in my hometown of Helena, Montana. It's It's pretty wonderful.
0: And so, you're how old? I'm 18. Oh, my goodness. So give us the rundown on who you are, what you're doing and why you're doing it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for the question. So as I said, my name is Caitlin. I am 18 years old and currently I am running for the 84th House District in the Montana House of Representatives. So, I got very politically involved back in 2020, everyone's favorite year on record. And from getting involved just in local grassroots groups to attending larger political conferences and eventually getting involved with our state legislature during the last cycle, I just really fell in love with the legislative process. And jokingly, after one of the hearings I was testifying at, a state representative came up to me and he said, When are you going to run for office? And obviously, Obviously, you know, he was joking and I was like, oh, that's really funny. I would never do that. Um, But that (laughs) took in the back of my head for quite some time, as you can probably tell. And I decided, you know, there's an open seat here. I see politicians that are not truly representing the people that elected them. And so um, just with everything, as I grew up, my parents always taught me, you know, you can sit and complain about something or you can step up and do something about it. And that's exactly the mentality that I brought when I decided that I would run for office. And so we filed um, back with the Commissioner of Political Practices last June and then with the Secretary of State in January. Um, We made it through the primary election back in June, and now we're, what, 13 days out from the general. So it's been a wild ride, but it's sure been a fun
0: one. Oh my gosh, I have so many things I want to ask you. Um, I know you've been asked this probably a million times already, but just so we can all get a good picture, what are your top three issues?
1: For sure. So my platform from the beginning has been pro-family, pro-freedom, and pro-future. So pro-freedom obviously is, us in Montana, we love our freedom. We love Mm -hmm. being independent. We love the government not intruding on our lives. And especially throughout the pandemic, we saw how important individual liberty and limited government truly is. And so that is absolutely a top issue, as well as pro-family. In Montana, the family is one, of the core structures that holds our state together, truly, and that's not just in Montana. That's all across our nation. We are a na- nation founded on the nuclear family and on family values. So obviously, we want to promote public policy that's going to help that and not hinder it. And then the last part of my platform, pro future, is the one that I get the most questions on because the first two are kind of self explanatory. But everyone's like, "Okay, oh, Lynn, what right. does pro future mean?" And it's one. It's what probably the part of my platform that's the nearest and dearest to my heart in the current moment, because as a young person here in the state, it really breaks my heart when I see other young people, maybe just graduating from high school, saying, you know, I'm going to pack my bags and I'm going to leave Montana with no plans of ever coming back home. And I know that Montana has been the absolute best place to grow up, and I want to ensure that future generations also have those same possibilities. And now, why are kids moving out of state? Well, I think that could be for a plethora of reasons, but here are the top three. Number one, they're not finding good-paying jobs here in the state. So what do we need to do? We need to be encouraging job growth among a variety of different industries, and that goes back to, under kind of the pro-family, the education issue. We need to be providing excellent education for all of our students. We know that um, a four-year college isn't for everyone, and we know that trade schools are valuable, and we know that a public school is not where all children are going to thrive. And so we need to make sure that we continue to provide educational opportunities for all students so that they can find jobs in the future. Now, what else is causing people to leave the state? I think um, property taxes in District 84, the district I'm running Mm -hmm. in, they've increased over 100 percent over the last handful of years and property tax and just the general rising cost of everything currently with the crazy amounts of inflation that we're seeing. That is absolutely driving people out. And I mean, it's driving a lot of people into Montana, considering we are doing better than a lot of states in the country, but it's still driving other young Montanans out of state. And then third, the average price for a home in Helena right now is half a million dollars and Mm -hmm. so for millennials or Gen Z the thought of having to rent a home or even possibly purchase a home one day having the average price of a home here cost half a million dollars that is it's mind-boggling it's kids are obviously they think that's unattainable and so we need to be addressing the housing crisis if we want more people to be staying here for sure.
0: Beautiful. Well said. And obviously very well rehearsed and you know your stuff. And so I wanted to ask generally, you know, I'm from Texas. Most of my audience is either from Texas or kind of other states and other parts of the world. And so can you tell us a little bit about generally what the political scene is like in Montana? Absolutely.
1: I think Montana politics are so incredibly fascinating and they're different than national politics in a lot of ways. Now, a lot of people right now, when you think of Montana, you think, oh, it's this red state that, you know, it's just red and red and everything's great and grand and everyone loves Montana. You know, I adore Montana. It is my favorite place on earth, but it hasn't been red, quote unquote, for that long. It was only back in 2020 where we finally got a Republican governor in office Mm -hmm. and Mm-hmm. where was able to elect seven out of eight of our statewide officials Republican before that. And we still have one of our, our U.S. senators is a Democrat right now. Um, and we still have a large presence, especially we see it in the judiciary a lot of the liberals, um, because they know that right now that's kind of their last stronghold is the judiciary in Montana. And that's why personally, I believe that this year, some of the most important races that we have on the ballot are not our state legislature or our congressmen, although those are super, super important races. It's our Supreme Court, because Like the legislature can pass all of this wonderful legislation like happened in the last session in 2021. And it continually gets struck down by our courts for no good reason other than the judges being liberal activists and wanting to make law from the bench. And we know that the making of the law should be left to the appropriate body, which is the legislature. And we need judges that are on our courts simply to rule laws with constitutionality. And so I think that you know Montana politics are super intriguing because a lot of people might think that you know it's just this red state and it's it's not that interesting but you know we are we have one of the youngest and newest constitutions in the country um right. we Montana is just it's absolutely fascinating so if you ever get to deep dive into that I would totally recommend it cuz it really is interesting to see where things have gone and where they're going and hopefully you know that's just more red so
0: Oh, man. Love that. And touche. Texas history is absolutely fascinating. And so I'm right on that boat with you. I'm a mm-hmm. Texas nationalist first, and then I'm an American nationalist. Thank you for yeah. giving us just a little bit of that you know, perspective on what the actual politics is like. Is it, is it kind of swampy in Montana? Because I know the Texas house, um, Texas Capitol has a lot of deep swamp in it. Is that the same? You know, I would say
1: not so much up here in Montana. You know, before I really got involved in the political process, I always thought, I mean, I grew up in Helena, right where our Capitol building is. You know, I drove by it probably basically every day my entire childhood, but Mm. I didn't, I always thought of government as some far off entity floating in the sky, like, oh, that's the government and they do that. And it's nothing to do with me. But then when I started to get involved, I realized it was the exact opposite. I am the Mm. government because I elect representatives and we, the people, are the people who elect them and send them up there to work for us. And so once my perspective on that really changed, I found the government here to be super accessible, especially when our legislators are here for the session, any citizen can go up to the Capitol and say, make their voice heard and testify on whatever legislation they want to, or just roam the halls and find a legislator and talk to them. And so I think that, um, that's something really wonderful about Montana is, um, Because our legislature is part-time and it's just a citizen's legislature, so Mm -hmm. all the legislators have other jobs. They all have their other careers and they run for the legislature and serve as something extra because they want to. It's not a full-time salary. In fact, it's really not that much of a salary at all. And so I think that that's something really good about Montana that encourages Uh our legislators to be more transparent and realize that, you know, they're
0: not doing it for themselves. They truly are doing it for the people. Well said, and I think a lot of people don't actually realize that about what what it takes to run for office and what you do when you run for office and kind of what to expect They think once you're elected a representative or a senator that you are at the capitol or say if you were elected into a federal position, you're there all the time every single day, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's like, no, actually, the Texas legislature is only on part time We only have a legislative session, I mean once every two years, and so mm-hmm. I believe the number is Texas um, House representatives are only paid seven hundred dollars for the whole time they're taking and belonging in office so that it disqualifies people from running for the sake of money. Whereas in California, the legislature's on all the time and people are professional politicians or like we like to say, career politicians. And so that's really how it should be. People with real life experience real jobs, real life, personal problems that they bring their experience to the legislature and do it kind of as a volunteer, like you said, as a citizen. Mm -hmm. So beautiful. So exciting. And of course, I'm sure everyone wants to ask you, but obviously we're very close to the midterms and we're all rooting for you. I mean, after everything that you've already said, it all checks out. So what is your district looking like and what are the odds actually looking like for election day?
1: Absolutely. We are really getting down to the wire here today. We are 13 days out. So yesterday marked two weeks, which is hard to believe, first of all. Um, But we are getting there. And we, for the last months of this campaign, have really just been Working our absolute tail off, getting out there and talking to people and just really understanding what the people in House District 84 care about. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what they care about is what I should care about and what I do care about. And so we have been doing all that we can. We've hit thousands of doors we've put up hundreds of signs talked to thousands of voters and you know right now i have a very good feeling about this election in general i think that republicans are going to be making a lot of gains at the local state and national level and i think that you know that's going to bring us into that momentum to retake um this house and the senate and then the white house in 2024 but with these local races i think that truly getting out there and educating voters and, re- and making them realize that the stuff that they're frustrated with on a daily basis can change based on who they elect. Because mm. I'll knock on doors and people will complain to me, you know, today I'm having to choose between filling up my gas tank or putting food on the table for my family. Mm. And I say, do you know that your current representatives have not ever voted to cut your taxes? Do you know that they are the reason that you're facing these prices? Do you know that the policies being made in the government actually affect you. Because one of the worst things I can hear from people is, oh, well, I don't vote because it doesn't matter. I don't vote because it doesn't affect me. And I'm like, it does, though. It literally affects nearly every aspect of your life. Public policy determines from, you know, what you're voting for for city council. That's going to affect your local ordinances. That's going to affect your water. That's going to affect your sewer if you live in city limits. Your state legislature, that affects a whole bunch of stuff because the legislature, Um, Produces the budget for the entire state for the upcoming fiscal year. And so, if you're a state employee, if you work for any government agency, that's going to directly affect you in a plethora of ways. And so, really, just getting the fact out there to people that, you know, your vote matters and you need to be voting for people that are actually going to listen to you and bring your concerns to the Capitol. And Really, just getting out there and doing that, that's been the most valuable thing. And so, I'm confident that, you know, we have run a good race. We have talked to people. We have really tried to, you know, bridge that gap between government and people, which, you know, I think that's one of the most important things we can be doing. And so, you know, as we reach the final two weeks here, we're still pushing hard, especially with, um, you know, digital advertising, Facebook, you know, the Mm -hmm. technology we have these days is truly amazing to reach people. So, just continuing with that. And, you know, whenever there's a community event, you know, I was at a chili feed last weekend, just, you know, talking to people, getting to know them, really just getting Mm -hmm. out in the community. Um, That's the kind of stuff we're doing. And, you know, sign waving has also been kind of a newfound um, joy of mine. It's it's kind of amazing what college kids will do if you promise them some free food and a t-shirt. It really is. And so just just getting people out there, getting people excited, um, dragging people um, to register to vote, you know, as it might feel. You know, I think they're a little bit excited, too. At least I hope they would be. But, you know, just getting people, you know, realizing we're just a few weeks out and we need to get the show on the road because I am confident that we're going to see a red wave. But only if we keep working, because complacency is exactly how you lose.
0: Mm, Yes. And I want to talk about your opponent for a second. So how old is your opponent? She I'm not I don't even I don't even know if I want to say how old she is, but she is more than twice my age. OK, that that's generally where where I was going with this. So do you think your opponent is intimidated by you? Because obviously you won your primary, which means you have momentum and you're so young you have probably a lot of college students on your side you have that youth appeal but you also have the appeal to the older generations who are like oh my goodness this girl is amazing she's giving me so much hope for the future so I mean personally if I was your opponent I would be quaking in my crocs about this election because you're such a powerful candidate I mean if I was at the polls and they said oh she's a conservative and she's 18 years old right that's a done deal for me I'd vote right there and so do you think your opponent is scared of you because you're You're young or is she scared of you at all?
1: You know, I would like to think that, you know, she isn't going into this with the mindset of, oh, I've got this in the bag Um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, she has been in elected office longer than I've been alive. Um, She's switching chambers right now. Um, So she's been in the House before. Now she served in the Senate and now she's coming back to the House. So, you know, her whole campaign is, oh, well, I have all this experience and I know all this and that. And so I'm just Mm -hmm. I'm just going to get reelected and keep on doing this and that. And it's that's exactly what bugs me so much. It's like you are a career politician, like by Mm -hmm. definition, and you don't, want to listen to your constituents very evidently because when I go knock on doors and I say, what are your number one issues? People say, my property taxes are too high. Well, just this Mm -hmm. last spring, my opponent voted against a $175 million property tax cut. So she is not listening to the people of the district. She is not even in remotely trying to represent them. And so I think that she should be scared because she has not only me, but an entire generation, an entire movement that realizes that big government is not the solution. We realize that in order to allow the American dream to thrive, we need to be lowering taxes and cutting red tape and getting government out of the lives of Americans and Montanans who just want to live their life without mm. interference from the government. And so I think that, you know, if she's not scared, she should be because we are sure giving her a run for her money. And this is not a Democrat seat. It has been held by a Democrat, but this is a swing seat. This is a toss up seat. And mm. by, the thing, by, by the way things are looking right now, it's looking like it's going to be a Republican seat come November 8th. And so I think if if she's not scared now, um, I think she should be.
0: Yeah. Oh man. I'm obsessed with your confidence and your boldness. I too share that, that strain of, all right, let's attack this and let's do it. Do you think that you've been popular with college students simply because you're like, Hey, give us a fair chance at actually building some wealth for us, for our families by Not only cutting taxes, but doing what you can as a state to lower property taxes, like you say, maybe eradicate income tax, if that's something that Montana has, and starting to actually get well-paying jobs back into the state. Do you think that's a popular message for your age group?
1: I do. I think that a lot of times college students don't realize that's the message that resonates with them. But at the end of the day, when you sit down and you talk to them about what they want to do when they grow up or what they want to accomplish with their lives they slowly start to realize that the government provides a lot of those barriers um, and a lot of those fears that they are worried about. They realize, you know, I'm scared of having to buy a home. And I'm like, oh, well, guess what we can do? We can implement public policy that's going to help make that easier for you. Or I don't think I'm ever going to find a job. And I'm like, well, we need to be encouraging better education in our schools so that you are well prepared and equipped to find those jobs. And so I think that, you know, it might not be the, um, per se, like, hot, pink, glittery social media graphic everyone wants to post on their Instagram stories. Like, lower our property taxes. Like, that's not necessarily what, you know, instantly resonates with young people. Um, Totally. Generally, the message of you know we are our own people, we are individuals, and we want to do stuff, and we don't want the government preventing that from happening. And I think that is the message that really does resonate with our generation, especially how we've been impacted by the effects of big government during the last two years of the pandemic. Which I guess Joe Biden said that's over now. So the old pandemic, Um, (laughs) right? Right. um, I don't know even what pandemic. Yes, but I think that is a message that resonates with young voters and college students.
0: Sweet. Have other people been wary or kind of offended by your age? And what I mean by that is, do they find your age problematic and a reason to not vote for you? Have you encountered anyone pretty much having a problem? Oh, she's so naive. Oh, I'm not going to vote for her because her brain's not fully developed yet.
1: Yeah. So I would say overwhelmingly, the feedback I've gotten age-wise has been, you know, overwhelmingly positive. Most people when they open their doors and they see me. Um, sometimes they don't even believe I'm the one running for office. They think maybe I'm a volunteer on a campaign. door knocker. <laughs> um, you know, I open the door and a guy goes, what, who, how old are you, 12? And, you know, it was very kind and very joking. And he later admitted that, you know, he was going to vote for me in the end. Um, I was like, you could have led with that, sir. But, you know, I guess we <laughs> that go. Um, but I would say that, you know, the only really problem that I've seen from that is from the people who I've ran against. So my opponent's in the primary mm-hmm. and my opponent right now in the general that is a card they pull because truly sure. I believe that's one of the only cards they have to pull because there's really nothing else that I'm not a career politician. I'm not someone who just has like a ton of scandals or dirt like a lot of people who run for office. It's like, what else can they pull on me? It's like, oh, well, she's young. And that's about it. That's the right news. But really, from those kinds of people are the only people that I ever get that from. And, you know, even when I talk to people who might be, you know, a little bit wary about my age, I'm like, look, just let me get this position. Vote for me. If you support me, give me the chance to prove to you that I am Mm -hmm. going to work for you and that my age is going to be a positive, that I have, you know, that energy, that vim, and that vigor to just get up to the state house and do what's best for the people instead of being one of these lethargic, legislators that just sits up there and tries to make policy for for generations then not that's not even going to impact them in the future and so I think you know if anyone's you know wary out there just give me a chance and let me prove to you what I can do and you know there's always another election down the road so if you don't look like what I can do you can always vote me out next time (laughs)
0: love that and then have you had a debate with your opponent so far and if so like what was that like Yeah.
1: So I went to one candidate forum where she was present and it was more just we each got a few minutes to talk about each other. And, you know, she was, you know, (coughs) excuse me, polite and she wanted to, you know, be respectful. But. Um, we, as the Republicans in this county, we actually invited all of the Democrats to do a debate and all but one of them, um, including my opponent, refused to debate us in public. And so I think that shows just about everything mm. you need to know about the state of the mo- modern Democratic Party is they know their ideas are so bad and unpopular, they don't even want to say them in public. And wow. so fortunately, I have not had the opportunity to debate my opponent. You know, I'd love to do that at some point, um, but you know, at this point, um, a candidate forum, which, you know, didn't really show that much. But I think um, even just having us both up there talking, I think it showed the people what the people needed to see. And then the fact that, you know, the Democrats literally declined to debate us um, shows voters also what they need to know about the Democratic Party right now.
0: That's huge. And then final question is, do you have any federal aspirations or aspirations beyond this say you do get elected? Yeah, you
1: know, I continually say I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up quite yet. And a lot of people, you know, laugh when I said that, you're like, Caitlin, you have your whole life together right now. Like you, you (laughs) obviously know what you're doing. And I'm like, I really don't. I am living by the day, by the week, by the year, because at the end of the day, I just want to do what I can to serve the people of Montana and possibly the people of this country um, if that opportunity ever comes my way. I think that, you know, from a young age, I've always kind of know you debated between careers like oh do I become a doctor do I do this or I do that or do I go into politics and at the end of the day it's all led me back to realize that I want to do something to serve and help other people so if Mm -hmm. that is in politics great like let's do it or if that's in something else that I don't know that I love yet or something that you know that door hasn't been open to me yet I'm definitely still just keeping those possibilities open because you know at the end of the day I have faith that God's gonna put me right where he wants me and you know right here Um, that is running for office and you know in this election and so you know we'll see on election day um, what his will is for this election Um, and you know we're just gonna take it and run with it because um, at the end of the day he knows a lot better than I do. (laughs) Well
0: where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Caitlin.Rook. That's my personal. And then my campaign account is caitlin for montana That's F-O-R Montana. And also my website is rook for montana wwwr Feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect with all of you. And thanks once again for having me on today.
0: Thanks for coming on. So inspiring. And God has great plans for you. I can already tell. Thank you.